This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I have one question for you. Do you all like the color blue? This is what Richmond, Virginia sounded like around 10 o'clock at night on Election Day, after the votes had rolled in. Because I'm here to officially declare today, November the 5th, 2019, that Virginia is officially blue. Congratulations. The governor, Ralph Northam, he is celebrating loudly. Democrats had just taken the state house and the state senate. Blue! 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 What a great night this is. The next day, a local paper would actually call this victory a blue tsunami. Dave Daly was watching these returns come in. He says, to really understand what happened in Virginia that night, you need to get how this blue wave felt somehow both inevitable and hard won at the same time. Virginia has now really changed over the course of the last decade. It has voted for the Democrat for president in every election since 2008. It has elected Democratic governors for the last decade. So this was really the last step in the process. For Virginia Democrats, gaining control of the state legislature has been brutal. If you go back to the 2017 election, Democrats won 200,000 more votes for the House of Delegates statewide than Republican candidates. And yet that election ended up in a tie. This tie wasn't a mistake. It was by design. Because all those votes, they were locked up inside district maps that had been gerrymandered by Republicans. I mean, gerrymandering seems like it's this kind of, you know, wonky uh, subject that kind of puts people to sleep, reminds you of, you know, civics class and, you know, ninth grade and how bored you were. But when it is the reason that your state is controlled by the party that wins hundreds of thousands of fewer votes, I think that is a real wake-up call. And, you know, it, it shows people that these maps really, really matter. Now that Democrats are in charge, it does raise this question of what are they going to do? It's a great question. And in many ways, it's it's the key question that we'll be you know, watching. Imagine you were just elected to the Virginia State House. Now it's your job to draw those district maps. Are Democrats going to play you know, hardball and do the same thing back to Republicans? Or are they going to uh, try and take the higher ground? Today on the show, what comes after a blue tsunami? Virginia's Democratic representatives spent a decade feeling locked out by Republican maps. Now that they're in charge, are they going to run things any differently? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. 
When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Part of what makes Virginia so interesting to Dave Daly is that at the same time the state started to go blue, it was in the middle of a debate about redistricting. A few years back, a court declared the state's maps unconstitutional because they were racially gerrymandered. And in the years since, the Virginia legislature has also tried to take action against partisan gerrymandering. There has been a bipartisan reform movement on gerrymandering in Virginia that has been gaining momentum over the last several years. And I think what really helped gain momentum is that Republicans and Democrats had no idea who would be in charge of the map making process in 2021. Nothing brings everyone to the table like a good dose of fear. There was a good, healthy dose of fear in Virginia. But fixing the way these maps get made, it can take years, requires an amendment to the state constitution. Virginia is halfway towards a reform. Earlier this year, back in February, the state legislature agreed on a compromise on redistricting. They would establish a 16-person commission that includes eight members of the legislature and eight citizens. You would have a process that was more transparent. There would be these uh, supermajority provisions put into place so that neither side could jam a map down the throats of the other side. And nobody thinks it's a perfect compromise, um, but in Virginia, for a constitutional amendment to be enacted, it has to clear the state legislature two years in a row using the exact same language before it goes to the people. Can I just say that is so deliciously complicated? Like you can't <laughs> you can't just pass something through the legislature. You have to pass it two years in a row. It's it's just it's impressive. It really is. And on top of that, there is no time left here to spare ahead of the 2021 redistricting. So it passes in 2019, it has to pass again in 2020, and then it has to be approved by voters in November of 2020, because otherwise in February and March, redistricting is about to start again for the next a decade set of lines. So that sets up this question. Are Democrats going to agree to this a bipartisan compromise from the previous legislature, or will a Democratic-controlled legislature want to completely change this around um, and take the opportunity to enact a set of lines that advantage themselves over the next decade? The question is whether they will use their power to advance good government reforms or whether they will use that power to entrench themselves. And to emphasize here, Democrats in Virginia really hold all of the cards. They hold the governorship, they hold both houses of the state house. And so they they really have 
dealer's choice here. And you're beginning to hear prominent Democrats come out and begin to say, you know, we made that compromise last year, but, you know, it's problematic. It's problematic. Like the former governor, Terry McAuliffe, he went on public radio and basically said, yeah, I have concerns about this compromise we've made. And Terry McAuliffe has spent the last five years complaining about Republican gerrymanders nationwide. And now all of a sudden that Democrats have complete power in Virginia, you hear him beginning to whistle a little bit of a different song. And that, I think, is what concerns a lot of people. Now, if Democrats ram through a map that favors themselves in Virginia, they will hand the other side the ammunition to say that when Democrats complain about maps, they're only complaining because it hurts them politically in those states. But the concerns that are being raised by some Democrats, they do seem legitimate. I wonder if we can we can tick off some of the things that legislators and Democratic advocates are talking about when they talk about the problems with this compromise they made with Republicans last year. Sure. Um, there is a significant portion of the Legislative Black Caucus in Virginia that is concerned about representation on this commission. It is a 16-person commission. It involves eight legislators and eight members of the public, and they would like some kind of assurances with regard to minority representation. This seems entirely fair, right? I mean, this is a state in which the Democratic governor was involved in a blackface scandal not that long ago. Um, If you are a black Democrat in Virginia, it is entirely within your rights um, to feel mistrustful of white Democrats in the state. You spoke to some black legislators in particular about how they were feeling now that Democrats are firmly in control of Virginia and, and whether they really want to pass this again. What did they tell you? There's a lot of passion and not a lot of agreement. Uh, there are some members of the Black Caucus who believe in this compromise, believe in redistricting reform and want to see it through. There are others who say absolutely no way that there is not any guarantees of minority representation on this commission. And they say that they simply don't trust a, a compromise that that many Republicans in Virginia were were willing to agree to. There's powerful voices inside this Black Caucus that say it's not enough to ensure minority protection in enabling legislation. It needs to be in the language of the amendment itself. Dave says for many Black legislators, Part of the problem is that historically, gerrymandered maps have been a way for them to gain representation. Because when the Democrats were the dominant party in the South back in the 80s, the white leadership wasn't especially interested in sharing power. But Republicans were, to a certain extent. What happened is Republican organizations go to civil rights groups and they say, we will buy you the computers and the software package and the mapping information you need to draw districts that might give you a chance 
of winning seats. And this works across the South. You begin to see, finally, levels of black representation in many states that approach a basic equity. What you also see, and what Republicans well understood, is that these majority-minority seats, by creating districts with sufficient black population as to elect a member of color, it meant that you were essentially packing many, many, many Democratic voters into as few districts as possible. And this was going to give Republicans an advantage in all of the surrounding seats. So now, as Virginia tries to decide how to move forward, what to do about these maps, whether to go this moderate direction, and they're getting a lot of pushback from people of color in their party, I wonder how much this history is sort of haunting everyone on all sides because they know what's at stake. I think you're right. I think that it is absolutely haunting everybody. Um, There's a lot of mistrust on all sides. I think what the black lawmakers in Virginia want to guarantee themselves is a seat at the table when these maps are being drawn. And they look at this compromise and this constitutional amendment, and they don't necessarily see that guarantee. And when you are a politician who doesn't have a seat at the table when maps are being drawn, when you are a community that doesn't have a seat at the table, it means you are extraordinarily vulnerable to the kinds of maps that those people who are involved in the process decide to give you. So if you are a black Democrat in Virginia, you have to really um, have an awful lot of faith if you are willing to accept a process that doesn't guarantee you a seat at the table. You know, it's interesting. You spoke to the author of a pretty aggressive manifesto called It's Time to Fight Dirty (laughs) about what the Democrats should do here, whether they should dig in and fight for something better or agree to this compromise. What did he tell you? I was actually really surprised by his answer. I expected that the author of It's Time to Fight Dirty was going to tell me that Democrats should rip this compromise up, draw the most aggressive gerrymander they possibly can, um, and just laugh at the Republicans for the next 10 years, the same way that Republicans have enjoyed the spoils of their 2010 gerrymander. That was not, in fact, what David Ferris told me. And I think he makes a lot of sense. What he argues is that Virginia is trending so blue that any aggressive partisan gerrymander that Democrats were to enact probably wouldn't win them anything that they wouldn't gain on a fair map anyway. So why surrender all of this hard-won 
moral high ground that has been collected over the last decade for what? Maybe one seat in Congress? So essentially, you have a lot of goodwill right now, Democrats. Don't burn through it. Don't blow it. I mean, and this is not to undermine anything that the Black Caucus is saying. I think that they are right to want to ensure that they have a seat at the table. I think that that seat at the table can be attained through smart legislation that would be passed along with a second vote on the constitutional amendment. And that with Democrats in control of both chambers and the governor's office, they have the opportunity to write the exact legislation that they want to in order to ensure that they are able to bring everybody along and convince everybody that this is the right thing to do. But I mean, along with that, this is a real opportunity for Democrats to really enshrine themselves as the party that believes in pro-democracy reforms. But when the other side is so unafraid to fight dirty, to twist the rules of democracy to their own whims, you can see why some members of the Democratic Party would say, I don't want to feel like Charlie Brown in the football here. <laughs> like, I want to make sure that our agenda is heard by the citizens of this state and the citizens of this country. And there is no better way to have your agenda heard than making it easier for people to vote. Fair maps are good politics as well as being good government. Democrats in Virginia win on fair maps. We saw it earlier this month. So I don't think they necessarily have anything to gain by trying to uh, game the system and rig the system in their own favor. If Democrats in Virginia abandon these reforms, they will also be abandoning real moral high ground to be complaining and advocating against the kinds of things Republicans have done and will probably continue to do. It will really be a, qu a question of, you know, both sides. It'll be, you know, it'll be, well, as soon as you took control of Virginia, you did exactly the same thing. And that is a, a real losing argument. Dave Daly, thank you so much for talking to me. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Dave Daly is the author of Rat Fucked. Yeah, that really is the title. Why Your Vote Doesn't Count. He's also working on the forthcoming Unrigged, How Americans Are Battling Back to Save Democracy. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, Mara Silvers, and Danielle Hewitt. This episode was part of our Who Counts project at Slate. You can go check out all the amazing reporting that's coming from that at slate.com slash whocounts. I'm Mary Harris. Find me on Twitter during the day at Mary's Desk. I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.